so good morning, everybody. Financial Fridays with Mike, and we're joined by Steve Parisi coming to us live here. Um, Steve, hope you're having a good week. I know things are humming over there. I know everybody's excited. And um, today we want to talk about policy design and just kind of the basics of, of what do you do? What are you trying to accomplish when you're working with the client? Do you, is there a common theme? A lot of the clients are looking for a specific solution. Um, you know, where did this kind of start? Hey, Mike. Yeah. Um, well, thanks for having me as always. So, sure. yeah, when it comes to policy design, you know, a, a lot of times individuals will reach out to us that already have some education or some experience in whole life insurance. And maybe they saw it, they're questioning it with another agent, or they didn't move forward in the past because they didn't like the way it looked. So really, when it comes to policy design, I mean, really what I will do, what, what our company does is teach individuals and small businesses how to maximize the cash value component within a life insurance policy. And often the way I'll explain it is, you know, Mr. Consumer, if Mike, if you're a prospect, Mike, you know, many people are not aware of is if you're going to pay, say, $1 into a life insurance policy, you can actually choose where that dollar goes. You can break up the percentages. You can say, okay, I want to put X percentage into the insurance premium and then X percentage into different riders and such, i.e. just accelerating the cash value growth, which gives you, the policy owner, cash value immediately, begins to compound immediately, you have access to it immediately. When you hear of these wealthy individuals and these big corporations that have boatloads of cash value life insurance, that they just position so much money there, what they're doing is designing policies in this manner where they say, okay, instead of putting, if it's 10 grand per year, just into buying a, a whole life insurance policy death benefit and have zero in the beginning, we're showing them how to put the same 10K in, but maybe they've got a thousand going towards the premium 9,000 accelerating the cash value and they look at it and say, okay, I didn't know you could do this. Like what's going on here? And <laughs> so we maximize the cash and it's more so just going over flexibility, different companies and they say, okay, you know, what are the next steps? Because now I see the value and I can actually use my money today and long-term as opposed to having to wait forever to see a, a capitalization phase, phase there on a policy. So the flip side of that is if your goal as a client is not cash value, is really death benefit, you're going to pay $1 into a term policy and that's going to maximize your death benefit and completely eliminate any kind of cash value accumulation. Mm -hmm. Got this range of how important is death benefit to you? How important is cash value to you? And you can show folks how to, you know, how to bridge that gap and how to get the, the most efficient policy for your needs. Mm -hmm. um, then once you've got this vehicle in place, what are we, um, how in depth are you getting with folks about the use of the cash value and what kind of options you have for, for how to use that cash value, how it's going to play into your already existing planning. How do those conversations sound? 
Yeah, so quite a bit we'll go into that. You know, the, the first piece we'll always educate everyone on is how to maximize the cash value or understand how to maximize it because that's the, the area that we usually see buyers or more occur. I didn't know I could do that. But once they get that, see, he, say, hey, here's how to optimize the cash value. Uh, people are breaking even and having positive cash values between three and five years a lot of times. They've got that down. Then the, the question is, okay, that's great. I've got a high yield savings asset here in the cash value, but now how do I use the thing? So a unique feature to a cash value life insurance policy is that once a dollar passes through the cash value, regardless if we just let that dollar sit and grow and compound at you know, four or 5%, whatever it's earning, or if we pull it out, if we borrow against it, you continue to earn, you yield that same compounding on your entire bucket of money meaning the dollars you paid in, if you just let them sit and grow, you continue to yield compounding and you still earn interest on them when you pull them out as if you never touched in the first place. Right. So no lost opportunity cost. So, you know, a lot of people are attracted to that. A lot of real estate investors uh, because they resonate with that, with that idea, right? If you own a, a piece of property and it appreciates at 5% every year in a perfect world, it never, never devalues, keeps going up. What a lot of guys will do is use the equity in a piece of property to acquire another property, which makes sense. You can do the exact same thing, same concept, the life insurance policy, pass a dollar through. The only difference is it's guaranteed to do nothing but compound. So now they've got this safe, tax efficient bucket of money, which is growing for them, always have access to it, borrow against it, acquire real estate, invest in their business. Uh, so we'll we'll do that quite a bit, and then we'll get into the mechanics of how the loans work if they really want to understand, hey, what's the impact? What's my actual interest cost look like? What does it look like if I never pay the loan back because life happens? That kind of stuff, which is valuable to go over. Um, but those are that's a general concept of how we will educate individuals on how to utilize the actual cash value policy. Borrow from an, borrow from an appreciating asset. Correct. Mm -hmm. Sounds a lot more powerful than just borrow, loan <laughs> expense, and uh, you know, pay off a loan and move forward for sure. Correct. Uh, <laughs> I agree. Talk, dig it a little more. Dig into that uh, the loans because I did want to bring up. You know, you don't want to get. I hear what you're saying. I think that um, sometimes with certain things, you don't want to get too deep in the weeds with the client, but you want them to be educated mm -hmm. and. I've always found that um, the loan recognition with whole life companies is so critical and it's not something that, that people know about and talk about. Yeah. The terminology is horribly, um, you know, not user friendly. I would say. I agree. You know, so <laughs> for those of us out there who don't know what I'm talking about, uh, mutual insurance companies have um, loans that are treated either as direct recognition or non-direct recognition. And non-direct recognition is what you want. And talk about how that, you know, you kind of, you touched on it a little bit, but what's the, what's the effect on the policy there? Yeah, yeah, definitely. So you've got mutual insurance companies and you'll have non-direct or direct recognition companies. And really what that means is how an insurance company views a loan when we borrow against the policy. Right. So if you have a company, let me back up. So a non-direct recognition company 
does not recognize the fact that one borrows against a life insurance policy in terms of still paying the guaranteed rate and dividends to that policy. To give you an example, right, if you have a company with a 6% dividend rate, that's non-direct recognition, if you have 100K in cash and you borrow out 50,000, they're not going to recognize the fact that 50K was borrowed in terms of crediting you that 6% dividend, meaning you're gonna get the same 6% dividend on the full 100 as if, it, as if you never touched it, whether it's still in equity and cash value or if you borrow out 50,000, they don't recognize non-direct recognition, they give you the exact same 6% dividend on the entire bucket of cash value. Yeah, huge. So you're still earning compounding dividends and paid up additions on monies that you've borrowed out of the contract and are now using elsewhere. Correct, correct. Yeah, and then direct recognition, you know, it's always so interesting to me where direct recognition, they directly recognize the fact that you borrow against the policy. Uh, and most companies, a lot of smaller ones, it's common practice, if you take the same scenario with a 6% dividend rate and you loan against it, they're going to reduce your dividend rate on the loan dollars. But what's interesting is if you look at some, some larger carriers that are, are well-known and established in the industry, like a Mass Mutual, a Guardian, and I've seen Northwestern do this as well, is they actually pump your dividend rate up on borrowed funds because they don't want the policyholder to feel like they're going to be punished if they borrow against the policy. So it doesn't always mean that they will reduce your dividend rate. They directly recognize and they make an adjustment. So I've seen the larger carriers, Mass Mutual, I like them because they give you the option. You can go non-direct or direct. But when you look at the top carriers that have always produced strong cash values, especially right now, what they've been doing for a while is raising dividend crediting rates on borrowed funds as opposed to the non-leveraged piece. So it's, it's interesting to kind of see the differences between the companies and say, okay, non-direct is clear, simple, straightforward, I can move fast, but if I'm interested in direct, good to know the mechanics so I don't pick a small company and find out they reduced it as opposed to a large one where they raised it. <laughs> so there's a possibility that you may not be penalized, but real important to know what yeah. you're into with regards to that, because when you start pulling money out, that's going to have a real significant effect on how the policy performs down the road. Oh yeah. Yeah. Big yeah. time. You know, and I've shared this with you that we work with a lot of engineers and IT guys the technical buyer. Um, yeah. What we do every single time is once we've gone through how to maximize growth and flexibility on policies is how do you use it with the loans is we'll show often different non-direct and direct recognition contracts based on their personal situation What's it look like when I pay money in, let the policy sit and grow, and then side by side with the exact same policy when I borrow and repay, borrow and don't repay it because life happens, pay interest only. This way they get a nice visual depiction of, okay, here's how this thing works, and here's the actual numbers when I look at non-direct and direct recognition because there is a lot, you and I talking about it here, you can get confused quickly with everything going on but painting that visual picture and showing it based on their specific scenario, um, people have certainly appreciated that because it's, it's transparent then. All right, here's how it works. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I would, you know, just to, to close out this piece, I would say for anybody listening that um, 
whole life and these types of policy designs that we're talking about, uh, you know, can be daunting if you're not working with somebody like Steve, somebody real qualified who does this day in and day out. And if you are working with somebody like Steve, it's not going to be all that complicated because I've seen you and your team really break this down for the most sophisticated buyers, make it as simple as possible. Um, there's always going to be moving pieces that um, you want to have your eye on and know what you're doing. But you guys know these, the carriers and their products inside out. Um, and you do a great job for your clients. So that, that, that is really important when you're sitting down with somebody to know that, you know, they know the product, they know the carrier, they know the system inside and out from beginning to end, not just when you get the policy, but 10, 15 years from now when you, you know, when you need to use the policy. Yeah. Yeah. hundred percent. Um, so we're going to take a quick break and then when we come back, we can talk about, um, some real life stories, how some of your folks have used the cash value, personal situations, business situations, and uh, we'll be right back. Sounds good.